confession time, I spent an entire semester diving into that Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 8 passage, but I promise the sermon will, I won't get too far into the weeds and the sermon won't be boring. <laughs> However, uh, let's look at the gospel really quick and then put them into conversation. So this week we're going to be met with another parable, another story that Jesus is employing to teach a lesson about living a life in faith. And as is customary to many stories and storytelling, the people that are going to be portrayed in this story are often the over, overly dramatized caricatures of people in order to make or prove a point. And this parable is no exception, where we're going to meet two people seemingly on the opposite sides when it comes to offering their prayers to God. So hear now these words from Luke's Gospel. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. While the point of this parable seems simple enough, don't be like the Pharisee, be humble like the tax collector, that's it, thank you, shortest sermon ever. That surface level look at what is going on here misses out on one little word that carries an awful lot of weight. Because if we leave this parable thinking, thank goodness I'm not like that Pharisee, thank you God that I'm at a point in my faith journey where I am self-aware, humble, mindful, worldly, and one might even say woke, not only does this align us more with the attitude of the Pharisee who is looking at the world as a us versus them lens, but also denies the paradox, the tension that we're living in every day of being both a saint and a sinner, of being both justified and corrupt. Because the truth is that this is uncomfortable. We don't like to be labeled as sinners, even when we know full well that we messed up and have fallen short of the ways that God is calling us to live. We would still rather just set that aside and focus like the Pharisee on all the good things that we've done, because that's the more comfortable place to be. So let's get uncomfortable for a bit. The concept of sin has been so intertwined with ideas of shame and guilt and punishment and fear that labeling ourselves as sinners can frighten us away from God rather than bringing us closer. We look at sin like the Pharisee as something that we need to avoid talking about and wall off from the world ourselves and even God. We create narrow definitions of who is in and who is out for the sheer purpose of making ourselves feel morally superior. But where does this lead us? 
as comfortable as it can feel to close off this brokenness to the world, it interferes with our fully opening our hearts to God, to our neighbors, to creation, and even to ourselves. Operating within these walls leads to disconnection, apathy, disharmony, and carelessness for everything around us. The weight of sin at our core feels like it's our burden alone to carry. It weighs us down, tells us to stop, and whispers the lie that change is not possible. Yet, friends, Jesus is calling us to another way. In this parable, Jesus is calling on us to confess this core, honest, and brutal truth that we are sinners. Because it's in this honest confession that we might see the truth, the truth that we're all beautiful messes. Beautiful messes made in the image of God and marred by the messiness of the world. Beautiful messes who are lost, who make mistakes, who are arrogant, and yet by the grace of God are saved. Because this is the beautiful reality of the paradox that we're living in. As we heard in the first reading from Romans right there at the beginning, if you want to look in your bulletin at it, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. Friends, being justified does not imply that we're free from wrestling with our sin, both personally and structurally in the systems that we have created, but it does say that we are declared righteous on account of Christ. Therefore, even though we wrestle with that sin and feel its weight, it doesn't get the final say. In other words, living in this tension of being both a sinner and a saint means that we get to be our whole, messy, broken human selves. It means that we still wrestle with our own personal sin and we feel the weight of the structural sin that surrounds us in the world. But it also means that through the waters of baptism, which we celebrated at the beginning of worship, we became dead to sin and alive to new life in Christ. It also means that we can boast in hope when sin says that change is not possible. It means that we can boast in community when sin tries to burden us individually. And it means that we can boast in grace when sin tries to tell us that we are just a mess. And so confirmants and the community supporting them as they take this next step on their baptismal journey, this is the faith that Jesus is calling you and all of us to live into. This is the faith that Jesus is calling you and all of us to profess. This is the faith that Jesus is calling you and all of us to confess. And so as we celebrated baptism at the beginning of worship, I now invite you into a time of confession using the prayer written by author Enuma Orkoro. Merciful Lord, Sometimes it seems like we can't help but lose our way again and again. Our heart longs to follow you, but you know the way of human heart. You know how our misguided longings, we veer off journeying to you and begin to chart our own ways by false starts and distorted visions. Forgive us. Forgive us for all the times we are tempted by the hints of light instead of remaining steered by the assurance of your light. 
Forgive us when we forget that we are already claimed by you, loved by you, and purposed for you. Forgive us when we allow ourselves to shape and be shaped by voices and words that do not bring life, create life, nurture life, sustain life, or resurrect life. Merciful God, help us find our way again. Turn us back towards the road spotted with your other pilgrims, wayfarers, and repentant servants. Remind us that your way is the way of returning. Guide us by your spirit and by your light. Make us remember the power of the spirit within us. Make us remember the gifts of our minds, our hearts, and our bodies that you have bestowed on us. That we would use them to honor the directives and the invitations you lay upon us. We know that your ways are not our ways and we thank you for this. Help us to trust your ways over our ways. Remind us of our faithfulness as you forgive us our short memory. In your immeasurable love, grace, and mercy, and wisdom, do not abandon us regardless of how often we lose our way. Place your wounded hands upon our broken hearts and turn us towards you. Lord of light, Lord of life, Lord of resurrection. Amen. <laughs>